You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Healed with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse 2, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Stop there for a while. So Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, is still being tempted. So help me tell the person next to you, I think, I think you are being tempted. I think you are still being tempted. Because I, I know they put on their church face. I know they, they come here and do, they speak in, in real good tongues. You know, I, I know you, you know when their tongues and their tongues. You know, sometimes you're praying in church and you just hear the tongues beside you. You just pause out of respect. You know, like, because you can hear a bit of Cantonese and some Chinese. You just hear, you know. But that same person, whether you like it or not, still is tempted. We established last week that when the devil tempts us, that it's not just for the immediate pleasure. No, 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 no. It's not just for Falake's love. No, 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 no. Because that's a small picture. You know, that's a small picture. You're just thinking, oh my God, I'm just being tempted. Ah, oh, shaking, I'm shaking. That's the small picture. We read out of Genesis chapter 3. How that the devil really wasn't interested in whether Adam and Eve had fruits in their diet. He couldn't be bothered. He, he just wanted to get them into a place of separation from God. That's his big picture. So our confidence, and we established that last week, our mandate as a church is to be part of the resistance. We read about the three Hebrew boys. And they said to Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel chapter 3, we will not bow to you. It doesn't really matter. It says we're going to heat the fire seven times. The men who went to heat the fire died. The strong men from the army died. So as they were coming back, they were saying, oh my goodness, the guys we sent to heat the fire died. And you know, in that instance, you and I being, you know, modern delegations, it's like, man, what's, God, God will forgive us. Why are we, what's this drama we're doing? Why are we, what are we trying to impress? You know? But this guy said, look, even if God does not save us, we're going in to the fire. It doesn't really matter. So we said last week to be vigilant, steadfast in the faith, and submit to God. Next week, um, one thing that I will, as God gives grace, talk about more is just this whole concept of Christ dwelling in us. And how that is really what gives us power. To, it's, not, it's not our flesh. Not just, it's not willpower. I don't know if you were much younger. You know, the days when you say, You've had a really staring sermon. It says, I will not say any lie this week. You know, and it doesn't, it's not noon yet. You've said the biggest lie of all. You know, Peter says to Jesus, Jesus says, look, before this time, you would have denied me three times. Peter says, God forbid. He says, I don't think you know who I am, Jesus. I don't know how much I love you. And it's not about human strength. Sometimes it's not even just about a decision that you make. It's really just the indwelling of Christ in us. And next week we'll talk about that as we talk about the pride of life. But this week, uh, so I said we're going to talk about pride of life this week, but this week I just felt, you know, a huge nudge to center on something. I think it was of God. And I will talk about um, Jesus' temptation as regards material possession. So I continue reading Luke chapter 4. Verse 2, being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing. 
And afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. Verse 3 says, And the devil said to him, If you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. He showed him something. And then the devil said to him, All this authority I will give to you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Would you help me ask the person next to you, Who do you worship? Who do you worship? Who do you worship? Um, so I continued pondering on this whole subject in a week and I realized that one of the things that temptations come to do is to redirect our worship away from God towards material things. One of the things that temptations will do. So we say, so I said the title of the message today is show me the money. Because the devil says to Jesus, See all these things here. See all these things. It says, look, authority has been given to me. I can strike this. I can arrange this for you. So he shows Jesus, I don't know what exists in terms of geographical constructs at the time, but he shows Jesus the whole of London. And because this is a spiritual discussion, he shows him Banana Island. Yeah, they're not limited in time. They're not looking back. Shows him all of Ikoi. Lovely streets of Chelsea in London. America. It says, everything you can see, yours. All yours. However, it says, the only condition is that you would worship me. Um, I realize that for a number of us, our temptations are not as drastic or, you know, they've not shown you the whole of London yet. But I realize that we are being shown something. Um, we live in a world that is really fairly materialistic. We're being shown a lot of pictures on an ongoing basis. Resisting the devil when it comes to what I call the show me the money temptations, I believe must start from that confession, that decision, that I will only worship God. I will only worship God. I think it's in Psalm 81 and verse 9. The Bible says, There shall be no foreign gods among you, nor shall you worship any foreign god. I'm coming. I'm coming, I'm coming to, to where you are this morning. Okay? Because who, who is the source of your life? Who is the source of your sustenance? Who sustains you? Simple question. But that question um, is powerful because it determines who you worship. Where is your life from? Who, who's the one who's driving you? Because what we do is that we worship the one who we believe has power over us and over our outcomes. The one who has power over us 
and over our outcome. That's the one we worship. Uh, the challenge is if you, if you view material things as that which has power over you and over your outcome in life, you will worship material. You worship money. Let's put money there. You know that <laughs> essentially when you are being tempted, a lot of times the devil is just trying to get his wishes done by mankind. He's essentially projecting his wishes on you. Um, it's about destiny. So, I start this conversation by saying, what is the exchange rate for your worship? What is the exchange rate for your worship? You know what the exchange rate for the naira to the dollar is, yes? What is it? Three... 362. Shall I the speed with which you answer me? You're, you're doing black market business nowadays? Okay. And the pound is what? Sorry? 490. Okay. Um, what else? Euros? Anybody? Hof, shala. <laughs> but what is the exchange rate for your worship? Matthew 16, 6, uh, 26. I like that. It's a scripture we used to hear about a lot when we were young. It says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? It says, Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What will you give in exchange for your soul? I don't know if you've seen this thing on social media, I think a couple of months ago, where they say, If we offer you, I don't know how much money, but let's say, if I offer you a billionaire, People are already laughing. Some people are like, don't even mention anything. It's okay. It's a billion nights. Okay, that's no problem. Anything you say after that is fine. They say, if you offer you a billion nights, will you slap your mother? <laughs> Mom is here. She's like, well, what will Moreni care to? <laughs> Some people are like, ah. One billion. And they will give me this money. Ah, P.I. I will apologize if I'll give her half later. <laughs> but the same thing is like, if we give you a billion naira, would you burn your certificates? <laughs> I've even seen a reply that said, I'll burn my certificates, I'll burn the school. <laughs> I'll burn everything. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'll burn my certificates, just in case, you're, in case you're wondering. And get new ones. But what is the exchange rate of your worship? Because... You know, this discussion, he's saying to Jesus, I'm happy to give you these things. He says, but the condition is that you must worship me. Because you can, you know, your worship is such a precious thing. And, and worship is more than a song. Worship is more than a song. There's actually a song that says that, right? So it says, I'll bring you more than a song for the song in itself. Is not what you have, but I need to focus today. I need to finish my message on time, okay? Because you can actually sing a song in church, but yet not worship God. Uh, the Bible says, I think in the Matthew, it says that these people honor me with their lips. It says, but their hearts are far away. It says, and in vain they worship me. So we have worship songs for God. Like when we sing, um, I, I have no other God but you. And because you don't become to church, you don't know, but you're supposed to be playing songs while, while I'm singing. So you can be playing that one. 
Okay? So we have got songs that, you know, come from our heart. And sometimes you make up your own song. I know people who, I sometimes have one person who's close to me, two people. It's my wife's not in church, right? Okay, sometimes my wife is singing. I just say to her, oh, God has hair. Don't worry. It's okay. <laughs> I'm teasing her because I, I tend to, you know, but it doesn't really matter how well you sing or how well you don't sing is that what's coming from your heart to God. But you know we also have worship songs for money and for material possessions. People are smiling because the songs are coming back to you. Don't play any of them. On the <laughs> but you know that's when you're in the, let's say you're at a party and the you know, they're playing that song and they stop at the place and we all go, 30 billion. You know that song? You know, you know that one? And so the devil says to Jesus, I'm showing you the money. I'm showing you the material things. I'm showing you the cars. I'm showing you the houses. He says, you know those houses you guys have been living in Bethlehem? He says, when you see the ones they're going to be building in Banana Island, he says, Jesus, you haven't seen anything yet. He says, you know, you're talking about talents and small currency. He says, but there's going to be $30 billion soon. But he says, will you worship me? And, and interestingly, that question hasn't stopped being asked. It's a question that continues to echo from one generation to another. So one of the interesting things about growing up in a developing country in a country where we have a history of, of corruption, or we had a history of corruption, it is that sometimes you've seen, the devil didn't show up to you and say, you know, Samuel, you know, here the kingdom of the world. No, he didn't do that. But this guy drove past you in traffic with five Range Rovers. Not like PI's old one, no. Real Range Rover. Different colors. And he put his name there. Shola 1, Shola 2, Shola 3, Shola 4. Then when you thought they had all passed, Shola 5, then caught up. <laughs> and when you see it, you're like, my God. Matthew 6, 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on the earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in still. Verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When God began to speak to me this week about temptations and worship, you know, so I asked them for a bell. I said, if I was going to bring a bell to church, church I was just going to ring in it. I says, guys, you must worship only God. That you must say it over and over and over and over and over again. Help me ask the person next to you, who do you worship? Who do you worship? I know you're in church, but who do you worship? Let me talk about three housemates, right? Three housemates or four housemates. Okay? The first one I call expectant iman. It's just starting out in life. Right. The big questions on Imar's heart are, how will I make it in life? Is God, or is it money that's my objective in this world? You know, well, what will become of me? And we say to someone like Imar, look, 
Would you please trust in God? Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise the days of little beginning. If Paul you know, was writing in our language, he probably would have written Philippians there and said, because he's beginning to say, look, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But before that, he's saying, look, it doesn't matter whether I have a lot. It doesn't matter whether I have just a little. I have learned how that with Christ dwelling in me that I'm fine. But Imad lives in Lagos. Paul would have said, Imad, do not tension yourself. Do not put yourself under pressure. Because one of the challenges Imar has, and Imar might be sitting next to you, he might just he might even have a wig and some makeup on, but one of the challenges he has is asking himself at this early stage, do I take on what options should I, because we all we can all sit here and tell, but you all know that not that, that people make money through funny means. You know it's a real temptation, right? I know you're not as cynical as me, but sometimes when we get on the plane, don't you wonder how many of us here are carrying drugs? Just try and make the, you don't, okay, you don't do that. I'm just, I have vacant time in my mind. It's like, I've made him that guy. <laughs> I text the air hostess, check that guy properly. Okay? But I, but when I kid, I don't, I don't really do that all the time. <laughs> but there's all sorts of things. Some of us know, and you have relations, in this city, who wake up in the morning and after they've washed their BMW and all the other things, they start to email people in Germany looking for old women, telling them how they love them. And they want to... You know that that is a, that is a fact. And yet, when you wake up in the morning, you have to dress up, try and get into office by 8 and get at 8.05 because of traffic and then your supervisor is looking at you anyhow. I'm saying, yeah, why are you here at 8.05? And your mind, you're like, my God. Imar's not even left home. He's already made $1,000 today. Because what happens is that the devil makes promises. He's constantly making promises. But unlike God, you know, the Bible says about God that he's not a man that he should lie on the son of man to repent for the things which he has said. The challenge is that when the devil makes promises, he has no intention of keeping them. And even if he does, he's a thief, a destroyer. So Psalm 73 is one of my favorite Psalms. And this is for Ima. It says, if you read from verse 2, it says, But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. It says, For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. It says, behold, these are the ungodly, verse 12, you know, go all the way down, who are always at ease. It says they increase in riches. If you go to verse 12. It says they increase in riches. And in verse 13, it says, surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. I love Psalm 73 because he's talking about a young person who is saying, What's all this? I have numerous choices. I made a good choice. But in verse 17, he says, Until I went into the sanctuary of God. He says, and then I understood their end. Would you help me tell him, next to you? Just tell him, trust in God. Trust in God. Trust in God. Hmm. 
you, you have to help me preach. Let's talk, the second housemates, I call this one Settled Sharon. Settled Sharon. She's made or inherited a lot of money already. And you know, you, you don't have to have a lot of money to worship it. You know that, right? You don't have to have a lot. You know poor people that worship money already. You know. And I say to people who are already in this place, remember Luke chapter 12? Jesus is speaking about a gentleman who's made tons of money. Stock market, cryptocurrency, you name the whole works. This man has done everything right. But Jesus says about that gentleman that he's entered into something called covetousness. He says that man, he's laying up treasure for himself, but it's not rich towards God. You read you know, Luke 12, 21. When you read Luke 12, 15, Jesus says a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. He says that when you measure your life, you cannot, if you're looking from God's perspective, measure your life in money terms. I think when he's explaining the parable of the talent in Mark 4, 19, Jesus speaks about something called the deceitfulness of riches. And so one of the things that Sharon needs to be aware of is that one of the things that happens as you become very wealthy very quickly is that you, you somehow tend to trust in those riches. There's a proverb, I think, where it talks about riches that gather wings and take off. Interesting story in Matthew 19. Sorry, there's a couple of scriptures, but I, I just need to pen this picture properly. In Matthew 19, interesting scripture. Jesus, a young man comes to Jesus. Young man comes to Jesus, but he's rich. He's already settled. He's like Sharon. He's already got money. And he says, look, Jesus, I want to serve you. You know, I'm doing everything well. And he says, do this. I'm, do, I'm done, Jesus. I'm, I'm already in church. He says, are you, I'm giving. I'm doing. Also, so Jesus says to him in Matthew 19, and verse 21, he says, if you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. The Bible says in 22, and when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. One of my pastors would say, he didn't really have great possessions. That great possessions had him. Because he thought he owned the G-Wagon. But the G-Wagon owned him. One of the ways to know where you are in this matter is when you think of any physical possession, any material possession that you have, which you cannot part with. So do you have anything? For some people, you know, is this wig? I'm not quite sure what the, I stopped at Brazilian wig. But I'm not quite sure. You know that you can worship a wig and I'm... Let me move away from there. Move to guys. It's easier that way. I don't want anybody writing me notes. All right? But you know you can own something, a bag, that even if your brother, somebody touches it mistakenly, A, you know. B, you take offense. What is it that you have that you cannot give? And we're not asking for a special offering, so I'm happy to preach this message. The Bible says the young man, Sharon's brother, showed up. Jesus says, go and sell everything. Even as I read that scripture, you're not that rich. 
But even just telling you, IBK, God says to you, go and sell everything you have. IBK is going to say, no, P.I., you didn't hear from God. You didn't hear from God. So you guys know, I mean, I've always been saying, look, there's a, there's a particular type of car I like. I said, that car is coming. In fact, there's a watch I like. And I've been telling the pastors at Elevation Church that if someone ever mistakenly gives them that watch, they should redirect it to me because I'm the one who's been praying about it. However, 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 church, the deal I have is as follows. The day my G-Wagon arrives, red leather seats and all, as I drive it into the house, if God says to me, Idris, take that car, take it to Busola's house, give it to Busola. I will turn, I won't even get in. God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. I, won't, I promise you, I, I, I will text my wife Ogachuku as I'm going, because I know that sometimes she tries to now reason with me on this kind of matters. I, will, I have made up my mind that there is nothing that I own that will ever stand between me and God. I have made up my mind about that. Every single thing I own is at God's disposal. So Sharon needs to understand that the fact that you have money already is not a reflection of success. It might be a reflection of assignment, but definitely not a reflection of success. And that you have to be intentional about giving. In fact, there's some giving, I saying to someone yesterday, that you have to do not just even because of God, but because of yourself. Two more housemates. As fearful Funke lives with the fear of not having money. So, um, with Funke, and we've done the slide in the hurry because then they left or something, but with Funke, we, you know, during the week, it occurred to me that we inadvertently worship anyone who we fear. We worship anybody who we fear. And so at a young age, you have to deal with the fear of not having money. The fear of poverty. Because what that does, we live in a country where we hear all sorts of astonishing things. In the last two years, people have, you found money left in houses. Not when I say money, I'm not talking about the kind of money that we keep in our bank accounts. Money, you know, dollars. They found, and it, it bothers me and my, just the calibration of my gifts of the spirit that I've been driving through Ikoyi for years and I still didn't sense it was. It just bothers me that what kind of pastor is that? You can't say that there's 50 billion plus dollars, not naira, in a, in a house in Ikoyi. God. But you know, there's, those things are not done because people want to be rich. No, no, no. It's a fear of poverty. It doesn't matter what school they went to. It doesn't matter where they were born. There is a deep because. In all honesty, how much money can you spend in one lifetime? The Bible says in Joshua 7, 21, about a gentleman called Achan. <laughs> My pastor says this in a couple of times, we laugh about it. He says that he took a Babylonian 
garments and some gold. And then, you know, everything goes bad for Israel. And they find out it is him and then they kill him. But my pastor keeps on saying, where was he going to wear a Babylonian jacket to? Was he going to, maybe at night, just put it on? What was he going to do with it? And so when people take, you know, $5 billion to wear, even if we made you gold caskets as we buried you, But what Funke needs to understand is that she needs to get to the place where she says boldly that I would rather not have money than bow my knees to worship the devil. That you have to deal with this whole concept of being afraid that you will be poor. How do you deal with it? It's by saying, look, there's an understanding in scripture that God will provide all your needs. There's an understanding in scripture that God is your shepherd. He's your father. And if you don't get that right, the devil will show up with your number. Because I remember saying last week that it's easy to say, look, I'm not going to take a bribe. And give you a million naira. I'm not, no, 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 no. I don't, take, I don't take this kind of, what's that? Because part of the, what you're saying, you're actually upset at the amount. What, you want to bribe me with 5,000. What do you mean by that? What kind of rubbish? Please, please, don't, don't bring that name. It's okay, okay, it's one million. See, even one million, I'm not shifting. I'm not shifting. I go to life point. We're fasting this day 21. You can't distract me with this. It's from the devil. Look about his dollars. Ah. <laughs> ah. Mm. So okay, let's make it five. Say, look, look, look at this. My point is, he will show up with your number. Help me ask the person next to you. Ask them, what's your number? What's, what's your number? What's, what's your number? <laughs> the last one and I, and I need to put this together very quickly the last one it's a gentleman who we call Hoslin Hakim he's a hustler he's consumed by the process of making money uh, and um, he's the one who when Paul writes First Timothy chapter 6 he's saying that people who are in a hurry to make wealth he says they pierce themselves with many hearts. When we read through the, when we did the power of work, we said, look, God has a process of blessing people. That this temptation to blow, right? you know what it means to blow? Like to just explode. And I just wonder, why, why do you want to blow? Why do you want to, so when they look for you, they can't find you, you're all destroyed. Why? Why is that something that I just want to blow? Why, why is that something you wanted to, Why? The Bible says in Genesis 26, 13, there's a process that the man began to prosper. He continued prospering until he became very prosperous. And that he would, hustling a came does not recognize that there is a process. He has no respect for the process. He just wants, and, and I'll be honest with you guys, the philosophy that has a gentleman who comes out of the university today and just says, ah, no, I'm not going to work for anybody. Lie, lie. And it's, it, he says, I'm not going to work for anybody. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. In one year, I'm, I'm going to be the next Bill Gates. In fact, by the time I'm 21, and I'm not, look, God, God is in the business of blessing people. But 
you need to understand God's timetable for you. And that while God is bringing the blessing, he's also preparing you for the blessing. You and I know this, some of us here now, that there are monies you would get, we won't see you again in church. No, it's not possible. Five, five billion dollars. You won't come to church again. You, after you take your first take one week holiday, one month, just leave the world, not even the country. Just leave the world. Then when you come back, who is the usher that will not tell you can't sit? You buy the whole street, drive Life Point Church away, then sit there by yourself. <laughs> He's consumed by the process of making money. And what happens that he's just, he doesn't even have to, he just knows that he wants to make money. So he's in that process and he's making all sorts of compromises. I like how, you know, when the prophet is talking to his servant Gehazi, 2 Kings 5.27. So he's prophesying a scenario. Prophet, some guy comes to prophet, they do the whole healing. Guy wants to give prophet, you know, stuff. And he says, no, 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 no. God, I don't, have, I don't feel a release in my heart to take stuff from you. God, guy says, I'm a big man, I can bless you. He says, no. As he's going, Gehazi says, what kind of prophet is this? And he dashes down, pursues the man. The rest are sweating. He says, what's the prophet? The prophet sent me to you. He says, I should collect. Something has come up. We need to collect one. He says, really? And the funny thing, the man gives him double what he asks for. He's running back. He gets there, the prophet, real prophet, says to him, you know, 2 Kings 5.27, says, did my heart not go with you? When the man turned back from his chariot to meet you. The next sentence blows my mind. He says, is it time to receive money? And to receive clothing, olive groves, and vineyards, sheep, and oxen, male and female servants. And when I read that, I realized that there are seasons in our lives. There are seasons in our lives. I mean, I've got a 13. My son is turning 13. There's no how I'll say I love Esosa. There are things I, I will not give him now. I said, Dad, I want your car. I want to just drive down and see my friend on the road. <laughs> Even iPhone, I'm not giving him now. And simple reason. <sighs> and oftentimes, Hakim, Hustin Hakim, just needs to remember who he's worshipping because he gets lost in the process so God is my source because it's where your treasure is that's where your heart is it's where, so, so I started asking myself as I prepared for this, so God wants us to worship only him, does that mean we shouldn't respect money and I, realized, and I knew that was that wasn't true he, he then reminded me how there are things which are better than money. You read through scripture, loads of things that are better than money. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 8, it says wisdom is better than money. Wisdom is far better than rubies. You read Proverbs 22 and 1, it says favor and a good name. It says a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. <laughs> in fact, in 1 Peter 1, you know, in two places there, it says, talks about your faith being more precious than gold or silver. In Psalm 119, it says the words of your mouth, revelation, is better to me than gold and silver. We read Matthew 16 earlier. It says, or what will a man give 
in exchange for his soul. So this is the gist of today. Our temptations are real. But that with Christ in us, we have the capacity to win. To thrive. To have victory. That there is a type of temptation that everyone will have to deal with. There's a show me the money one. Where you will be given opportunities by the society, by the devil. To come into wealth that is going to take you away from God. If it hasn't come to you yet, it might come to you later. And I realize that some people are here in the service today. You've already made choices that have brought you some money, but taking you away from God. The refrain, what I hear continually in my heart, is that I will only worship God. I will only worship God. I will only worship God. That it doesn't matter how much it is. It doesn't matter how many people have more than I do. It doesn't matter how much I would have liked to have it. But that I will only worship God. That my worship belongs to God. That I will never be in the place where I worship something that's been made by the hands of a man. That I will never be in a place where I worship another man. But Jesus says to the woman, Samaritan woman, says the time is coming soon. Because the Father seeks those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Not just on a mountain or in that place or just with a song. But this whole idea of worship is that you are really, what my pastor calls, a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. I've been saying for years, Luke 12, 15, if you ever see a car go by you with that on a number plate, that's me. Because it says a man's life does not consist in the multitude of things that he owns. Um, I've, I mean, I've had the privilege of, because I, I work I, I finance, so sometimes, you know, you, you so I, I remember being, in, being out of the country a couple of years ago, so it's like almost eight years ago, and we're having this meeting, we're trying to raise debt for some, some transaction, and I remember turning to my Canadian colleague at the point, because we're talking banding figures, you know, $60 million dollars. Hundred million dollars. Ah. I know me as a penny boy. The point is, I think you struck me. Ah. Is it million dollars we're calling like this? I remember I said it to him, and we all laughed. Because when it comes to money, Mark Four says it's potentially deceitful. You can have a billion dollars and be very unhappy. You can have a million naira and be happy. If you're not happy now, it has nothing to do with how much you have or don't have. Trust me, it has nothing to do with it. 
I know it can put pressure on you when you don't have certain things. But trust me that those things in and of themselves have no capacity to make you happy. The day you think that something material in this world will make you happy, that day you start to worship it. So will you kill for money? Someone says, no, no, never, never. But, but we know people do. Will you join a cult for money? Ah, uh, no, P-I-R, no, but... What will you do for money? The refrain in my heart, I will only worship God. Would you sleep with this rich gentleman for money? Ah, uh, no, I'm behind, I'm behind, I'm more than that. But our collective, the things we say when we're in public like this, I love, you know, of course we must say the right things. But it's your worship. It's the decisions you make in the hard times, your private moments, that God is really interested in. Um, Next week we talk about the pride of life. That's an interesting one. We talk about... (laughs) We talk about your status in life. How, who you think... Because the devil will tempt you in that regard. But today time's gone. Today, my message was, we will only worship God. Only, no, it doesn't matter what currency, yen, lira, euros, doesn't matter the volume, the quantity, gold, it doesn't matter, silver, cryptocurrency, doesn't matter. So if there's anyone who's like me this morning, Who wants to echo Jesus' words as he has that conversation with the tempter? Saying, guy, I'm only going to worship God. Would you, just where you are, before we sing a song this morning, just where you are, would you just go ahead and worship God? Just where you are. Just where you are. So even before we sing a song, because... Uh, you know, that worship is bigger than a song. It's about you saying, Lord, I recognize you as the author and the finisher of this life. Lord, I recognize you as the real owner of this life. That it doesn't matter what is in your bank account or what is not there. It doesn't matter whether you have funds abroad or not. It doesn't matter whether you own a house or not. But that, Lord, with you, I am fine. With you, I'm fine. Would you just pray this morning? Just say, Father, I worship you. Because once you say those things, you begin to realize that (laughs) worship actually begins to emanate from your heart. But you might not even really need a song. But you just find that worship actually comes from your heart. Where you make that decision, where you're saying like the three Hebrew boys, I'm not bound. It doesn't matter if my career ends here. But I cannot bow to something that a man made. No. That the one who created me is God. He's God. And he deserves all of my worship. But I'm not going to bow my... When I bow my knees, it better be that because I am before Jehovah, someone just needs to talk to God. I will sing a song to worship. But I want you to actually bring him true worship from your heart. True worship from your heart. Because the devil wants to get that from you. He, he is so jealous of the worship that you have for your father. But he will come in whatsoever guises he can come in. But would you hear God's word today? 
Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.